Today on Season 3, Episode 39 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, 105.7 FM's Bart Winkler makes his third trip to the UPP studio. This visit is a bit different as today we take some time to get to know Bart as a Packers fan. It's not all fun and games as Bryce gets Bart's take on trading camp expectations, his disdain for Matt LaFleur, and who he thinks will be the breakout player in 2020. Bryce also hits Bart with a pop quiz question and it may be our most interesting answer yet. Stay tuned and hear it for yourself. And now it's time for Bart Winkler on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go back, go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for our next guest episode, Bart Winkler on tap. We have Bart Winkler, host of the Bart Winkler Show. You can see him or listen to him actually, 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays on 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is like the second or third time that we have talked Packers on the Unknown Packers podcast, but the first time in the virtual Unknown Packers podcast studio and thrilled to welcome the one and only Bart Winkler. How are you doing? Oh, good, man. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah. You know, the other times we've chatted, it's been a much more jovial setting. But, you know, now I'm here in my <laughs> wife's makeshift office, which is not as good as a brewery, but we'll take it. Right, right. So we had one where we had, it was right after they had cleaned house, fired McCarthy. We had recorded an episode. And then you came on with the pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, with myself and Jeremiah for our two-year anniversary of Black Husky Brewing. And I want to say that's the last time that we've hung out or, I mean, we've chatted here and there, but yeah, about a year and a half. So I'm thrilled this is the third time and uh, you get your own self-titled episode, Bart Winkler on tap and... (laughs) We're going to do the guest questions, and then in the second half, we're going to talk about training camp, the new look of the NFL season, and some 53-man roster predictions, and then we'll wrap up with a pop quiz question. Let's go. I, I don't have a beer on hand tonight, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. You're good to go. All right. Sounds good. And to start off the guest questions, first and foremost, I'm really intrigued as to how did you become a Packers fan? I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. And that's a good thing. And uh, because it just, I just always remember being a Packers fan. And so now I have a son, he just turned one year old. And I, I like got all this stuff for him. I've got all these trading cards for him. I've got all these starting lineup figures for him. I've got, you know, the VH, the VHS of Super Bowl 31 for him to watch. And you're like, I'm really like, I don't want to mess it up. You know, I don't want to inundate him too soon. I don't want to just like throw everything at him and dad, come on, what are you doing? I don't like this. I just remember always watching it with my dad. I just remember on Sundays, you know, no matter what, we would just be watching Packer football. And again, I don't really know when I first let it click. I just know that I always have been. I mean, it's easy for me. My name is Bart. They say, my parents say, 
I was named after Bart Starr. I think they've readjusted history a little bit just because I want that to be true. And uh, so that's good. But I don't know. I just, I just always remember being a Packer fan. And that's, I think, part of growing up in Wisconsin. And that's what part of makes being uh, here so special. I was talking to a guy, just a guy that we do some work with at the station. He was not born in Wisconsin. He's here now. And he says, what is it? Is it Packers, Brewers, Bucks? I mean, how does it, how does it go? And I said, people love the Brewers. People love the Bucks. But the Packers is like, it's, like, it's just a way of life. I mean, Sundays in the fall, you just, you watch the game. We would always, we went to church uh, at 1145, the, the mass would be over. We'd quickly run to the grocery store, get a 12 pack of donuts, get home, throw in a pizza. And I just, that's always what I remember about Packer games. So it's just something that I've always been and known. And now I hope to, you know, have my son be that as well, because that's, that's how it happened with me. And I hope that's how it will happen with him. It's the most unique response I've gotten. Usually there's a, a specific memory. So, uh, Right when you responded, I don't know. I'm like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna be interesting, and I can share. I just always similar... have known that I'm a Packer fan. Like I've right. like I've always known I have two hands, and I've always <laughs> known that you know I'm a boy. I've always known that I'm a Packer fan. I so I I don't, you know, I can I can start to think of like, oh, I remember this game, I remember this game, but I don't know because I went into that game already knowing that I was rooting for. The Packers. So yeah, I really I can't pinpoint the moment. So so far we've been doing the guest episodes dating back to March. I think this was the best answer of how you became a Green Bay Packers fan. And Brett, well, that's why you booked me. I don't know. That's why you brought me on the show. (laughs) I love it. And and to continue on with more Packer questions, I'm interested to find out who's your current favorite. Green Bay Packer player and past Green Bay Packer player? Well, I'm going to say for past, man, because I, I don't know how I feel about him now is Favre. You know, Favre, Ooh. the thing with, I've always I've always been attached to the quarterback. So yep. Bart Starr with my name and reading about him, and I always felt a connection between me and my dad on that and then my grandpa. So I've always felt like that, not that we didn't have anything else in common, but the Packers was always a great bond because my grandpa, you know, grew up during a time when the Packers were going to the Super Bowl, or at least he was an adult and and remembers that. And then my dad remembered all the terrible 70s and 80s. And then I got to experience the 90s. And I was, Favre, there was something, I don't even think there's any relation between Favre and my dad. And like, I don't even know if the characteristics of the guys are the same, but I always felt like the two went hand in hand for some reason. I felt that with my dad and Robin Yount. <laughs> for the Brewers because of the mustache. <laughs> They've all been mustaches. But just something about Favre, it, you know, connected me with my my dad. There's a dumb story that we often bring up in my family. There was a home improvement episode um, where Randy didn't want his dad, Tim, Tim Allen, to say, I love you when he dropped him off from school. So they agreed to say, how about them lions? That was the way to say, I love you in front of other people. So my family, I had a really bad time as a teenager chewing with my mouth open. Okay. And so <laughs> I said, instead of, instead of yelling at me and saying, Bart, chew with your mouth shut, because it embarrassed me at like holidays and stuff in front of our people. I said, ask me a question about Brett Favre, like on Home Improvement. Say, hey, did you see Brett Favre's you know, three, three touchdowns last week? So then it's a big Thanksgiving dinner and we're eating and my mouth is open. And my mom just looks over and goes, Brett Favre. 
Brett Favre. <laughs> oh, that's not, that wasn't our plan. That's not how we do it. Just dumb things like that. I've always just, I've always just liked with Favre. But then growing up, I have a brother named Brett. And so okay. when we would collect action figures, he would always get the Brett Favre ones. And I always, I would always get Sterling Sharp. So I'm going to throw Sharp into that mix too. My current yeah. favorite, and maybe I didn't realize this, and it might be the, the obvious answer, but it's Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers is my favorite Packer, so much so that I want Matt LaFleur to be fired. And we can Ooh. talk about this. I, I don't want Matt LaFleur to be the coach of the Packers. I don't. Because I don't like what he's doing. I don't like that he just came in here and got the keys and goofed around at the draft and traded up for his quarterback that we don't know if he's going to be good and like says in one answer, he'll go, well, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever. He's going to be here a long time, but it's right. the NFL. We don't know. Do you want him here or mm-hmm. not? So I don't like, and this is like the Favre thing it is, but it's not where it wasn't for me is Favre in the, in the 2008 season or whenever he got traded. I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom how anyone would pick Favre over the Packers. Like, how do you not take the guy? How do you not go with the team? It's the team is bigger than the man. But here I am now watching Aaron Rodgers, who still is a top five quarterback to me, who's number 16 on the NFL top 100. And you've got a guy in here plucked out of obscurity. And all of a sudden he gets the keys to the kingdom and he can just draft this quarterback. That's in my opinion, not that good. So for me right now, it's Rodgers. And I'll tell you, I would love nothing more. If Rodgers is going to play anywhere after Green Bay, I would love nothing more than to see him play with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. So pass, okay. it's always the quarterbacks, but I don't think it's going to be Jordan Love anytime soon, sadly. I was not, I mean, two for two so far, Bart. <laughs> I know, wow. I didn't want to throw I, the big bomb right away, but... Oh, why not, man? This is your own self-titled episode with Bart Winkler on tap, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just add this. So with the Favre and Sharp being your past favorite Packers, I have to go the same same route. 90s far for me. Uh, I get choked up when I think about him. Like, they were just... Well, I mean, we I, were growing the, up at the time, and there was mm-hmm. something so playful about him. Right. And you got to watch, like, the ascension of the team. I mean, it's it's like the, you know, Michael Jordan. He got to one yeah. level, the next level, the next level, and then they finally won the championship. And it was like that with Favre. You get a little bit further every year. And it was just, you know, it's just so fun to watch him. And just, you couldn't believe, like, you watch these other games and not that quarterbacks, they were good quarterbacks, but they were like, drop back, throw the football, you know, touchdown. Favre, there was a different level of fun that he brought to the game. And especially as a kid, I mean, that just, that just resonates with you big time. The same reason I think, you know, people that grew up with Rodgers in his MVP seasons might feel that now. Kids growing up with Mahomes. When a quarterback, plays the game but plays it in a different way that's also an elite way it's really easy to fall in love with that beautifully said and the other side of the the coin with your uh rogers selection rogers my favorite quarterback too uh this has been a streak so far we've had three or four guests i want to say in a row that have picked aaron Rodgers as their favorite and for me, when you talk about Favre and Rodgers, there's nothing different. I, I mean, Rodgers just has the consistency so far. I mentioned this in a previous episode. Unless he's the most gifted actor in the world, and this is just a fraudulent side of him, um, he's just the most cerebral, considerate, 
authentic person and I want nothing but success for him. So I'm still processing the whole Rogers thing. What I will say though, and this is my two cents with the whole Lafleur thing, the the whole disconnect with McCarthy and Thompson is what was the downfall with Murphy, Thompson, and McCarthy. And I think moving forward, that's what you're seeing with Gutekunst and Lafleur. Murphy trusts Gutekunst, and so far he's proven that he can wheel and deal. And now he's got his coach, and now his coach wants these specific players. For me, that what doesn't sit well is uh, bringing in weapons right now. Well, you've got the new look of a COVID season, so they might have lucked out regardless of who they picked because I just don't foresee rookies making that much of an impact. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think that that's a good point. What what I have a problem with is, you know, I, I the whole coaching search process was weird because <laughs> they, like, they, like, quickly shuttled through guys and then they talked to Lafleur, and then if he didn't accept, I don't know if they had another candidate lined up because they were already telling some other people no, that you're not going to get the job. And then Lafleur was the last guy they talked to. So I, at first, my my theory on air was th- like Mark Murphy wants to feel like he made the decision, but Gudikin's play mm-hmm. all along was Lafleur, so that's yep. why they you know they set this up, and and so I was kind of on board it. But now I'm thinking, what if Lafleur wasn't able to, or what if he said no? I mean, who, who is their coach at that point? And then we hear he's the best interviewer of all time, and you know, not to judge a guy in his first press conference, but it seemed like he never was in a room of people before. When when Mark Murphy, though, I guess he hijacked that press conference that first day. Oh yeah, yeah that's still <laughs> I just, vivid. I, that is still vivid. I, you know, I want to like I, I want to like Lafleur. I liked when Lafleur and Rogers, you know, were having fun and joking with each other. But I just, you know, he won 13 games his first year. I know that there's some questions as they were really a 13 win team. Some of the teams they played, they had some injuries. I mentioned Mahomes before; he didn't play in that game. The Packers played last year, but 13 wins is 13 wins. I just I don't like how, and maybe it's because we watched the draft the way we did this year virtually <laughs> where you could see the reactions right away. Like LaFleur and Gudikins, all they didn't care. Like if they got AJ Dillon, fine. If they got Josiah DeGuara, fine. I'll oh, draft three linemen later. Who cares? They wanted Jordan Love and they were going to do whatever it took to right. get him. And I'm just not sure mm-hmm. if, if this was the time to do it. I, I'm not sure now if Gudikins really wanted to sign Rodgers to that extension a couple of years ago. If he kind of got himself in a, you know, rock in a hard place where he almost like had to do it for some reason. That's I, my, I just, that's my, I, I want, I want, I want to, you know, I want to go and argue and be on the side of LaFleur and Gudikins. I said before, I want to be with my team, but I, something does feel very like we have the keys to Mark Murphy's car and we're driving it around at night when he doesn't know. And, he doesn't suspect any mischief, but we're really getting into it. I feel like Lafleur and uh, Gudikins are like Shaggy and Scooby, while the rest of the <laughs> murder mystery game goes off and actually solves the crime. You know, we're gonna have to have you come back on, and we're gonna have to just dedicate a full episode to Lafleur, Gudikins, Rogers, Love. I'm enamored. And this is, again, two for two. I was not expecting to get into this. I thought this would happen in the second half. But uh, I appreciate the honesty and just let's address the elephant in the room right off the bat. 
But wrapping up the first half of Bart Winkler on tap, third and final guest question, what is your favorite Packers memory? I'm going to go with, can I give you like 13 of them? <laughs> can I give you like 40 of this them? This is your show. This is your episode. You have the whole, it's titled after you. You have the keys to the Unknown Packers podcast car right now. <laughs> I'll tell you the very first thing that popped into my head, the very first was, I believe the score was 42-20 at Lambeau Field, the snow globe game. Oh, because I was there I was too. there. Yep, same. And it was just, it was like, now I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps Magical. about it. They beat the Seahawks. Yep. Did they go down 14-0, I feel like? Yeah, Grant fumbled back They went back down to back. early, and the weather was normal. And then as soon as it started snowing, like a movie, you know, Favre and these guys just, they found it. And they won the game, and, you know, I was there with my buddy and his family, and my parents were there separate, and it just, it was, it was just the, it was like everything that you want people to experience when they experience Lambo. that was Lambo. That was, that was why Lambo Field is so great. And so I did, that's the first game I thought of. I think of the Super Bowl, where they won Super Bowl 45, being at mm -hmm. the bar with a bunch of buddies. I think of Super Bowl 31 at my grandparents' house for that game. Uh, I think of the first game I went to with my wife. I think of a game we went to New Year's Day. I think Matt Flynn had six touchdowns. Oh, yeah. We went to that I game. Know. I got married at Lambeau. Okay. That's oh, certainly nice. a memory because <laughs> two days before was when Cobb caught the touchdown in Soldier Field from Favre on fourth down. Oh, and then at my rehearsal nice. dinner the night before the wedding, they replayed that game, which was great because it was on the TVs at the bar we were at because her whole family was Bears fans. And then oh, so they had to, they had to lose awesome. to the Packers and then go to Lambeau for a wedding. So those are a bunch that come to, to, come to mind. And then, of course, the first time that I got to be on the Unknown Packers podcast. Uh, Ooh. I would say something. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> oh, man. You are got away with words. And I was at that Snow Globe game, too. And there's a vivid memory for me. I, I sit in the same seats every game. And I, the guy next to me, his name's Chris. We've developed a friendship. And I remember him and I just looking at each other and being like, man, this is magical. And just the snow, Rod or uh, Favre had just thrown a snowball at Donald Driver. And I mean, it was grim. They were down 14 nothing, and Grant had fumbled back to back. Seattle had scored, jumped up. And for that to happen, yeah, that uh, three for three, Bart. And uh, I can't wait for the second half because then we're going we're gonna to start talking about some modern day what's happening with the Green Bay Packers and the 53 man roster and some of your predictions. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Here at Sonic Transformation, we believe that every good audio project starts with a good foundation. We want to help you build that foundation. Whether it be through commercial products or things you have around the house, no job is too big or small. We can make your podcast sound the best it can with what you have and a little nudging along the way. No equipment? No problem. Our consultants can help you get set up on your budget and in your space. Do you already have an established podcast but don't have the time to edit or just wish it sounded better? We can take care of that for you as well. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. 
Again, that's www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. are back with the second half of Bart Winkler on tap and pivoting. And I'm curious as to what are your viewpoints of quote unquote training camp so far? <laughs> I mean, what, what is, I don't know. Crickets. Crickets. What is there to judge? I mean, this is that, That's why is I said qu- air be- quotes. <laughs> We should be in the preseason. Oh my god! I know, isn't that crazy? We 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 would have a preseason game already. I know, family night. We there'd be so much Mm -hmm. more to to talk about. I just I want to see. I think you know outside of the. I mean, it's hard to even talk about anything without COVID nineteen being because the reason for all these answers, but. I think one thing that I am interested from a football perspective in training camp, and it is COVID related, but it's going to be, you know, if you're a rookie, do you have a shot at this team? If you're one of those three offensive linemen, how are you supposed to prove that you deserve to make it over like Alex Light? You know, how, how are you supposed to impress anybody? I know everybody loves Reggie Begleton from the CFL as a receiver, mm-hmm. but I mean, if it's between him and Jake Kumaro, how do you how do you pick the guy that you've barely seen play? You're gonna have no preseason games. You're gonna have your scrimmages. You're gonna have to. I mean, you're gonna have to impress like never before. And then even if you impress in practice, I mean, so you have three good practices. Does that mean you're gonna be good on the field? I just I think it's gonna be so hard for the late round rookies and the undrafted rookies for sure. And even the Packers are making all these roster moves like Malik Turner. Like, why why even bother? What are you doing? They're not going to make the team. How do they make the team? You can't can't do anything with them. Then you can only get so many practice reps. And then how many of those, like for the receivers, how many of those reps are you actually getting with Rodgers? So that's, you know, when, when you put together what you think a roster might look like, I have a hard time thinking that, you know, some of these rookies, the late round rookies and the undrafted rookies, they're going to have a hard time impressing to make the team. So I think in, in terms of a football roster construction standpoint, that is that is what I'm looking for. We had just released our pre-53 man on tap episode highlighting our predictions. And typically we do that in May or June. And we're doing it two or three weeks or two weeks before the cutdown. We're going to do another actual 53-man roster. My viewpoint is that with the uncertainty moving forward now with college football being for sure postponed for the fall, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think the writing's on the wall already. But with the rookies, I think the rookies are guaranteed to have a roster spot because of the scouting, the vetting, the uncertainty of when they drafted of, okay, the NFL is saying all systems go, we're going to have a season, but you can also be in the back of your mind thinking, well, are we? And knowing Gutekunst and knowing Lafleur, I would, I would think that they're not obtuse in that regard. So for me, I think all rookies make it. I think Simon Stepaniak goes on the reserve list, misses the first six weeks, so he doesn't count against the 53. 
but the undrafted free agents, usually you have a darling every year. Last year, you had Darius Shepard, who wasn't even an undrafted free agent. He tried out, made the 53-man roster. You had Chandon Sullivan the year before, who was an undrafted free agent with Philadelphia Eagles as a rookie, made it last year. This year, I think with undrafted free agents, you don't have any sort of real game-time experience but I think the silver lining, too, is you you might be able to sneak them on your practice squad because there's not extra film for other teams to come in and maybe pull a Taysom Hill if, if that were to happen. So that that's my viewpoint is I think the rookies make the 53-man. I just don't think they make any sort of impact. They might get playing time depending on how many people have injuries at, on top of anyone testing positive for COVID. But I just cannot see them making an impact. Maybe A.J. Dillon, maybe. But uh, to come in with no offseason, essentially everything virtual, not to know the playbook, to make that transition, it's going to be rough. And does that ruin their psyche moving forward into their year two, which is actually maybe a redshirt year if you think about it? I don't know. That's a good point. I So we take the opposing views on that. Um, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see. I just... You're going to have to really like the guys you drafted, aren't you? Well, I think you're going to I mean, really feel confident in, in drafting those guys because it's like, do you go with your scouting or do you go with what you know? But I mean, with what you know so far, can you really assess? I mean, you make a great point with Bagleton. I mean, he's the, the flavor of the offseason. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. But then again, I mean, Kumaro has been there since 2018. There's a rapport with him and Rodgers. I had him on my pre-53, and I got raked over the coals with Ken Ingles and Nebels. But my thing is that you got to come back down to reliability and dependability. Granted, he hasn't, what, what does he have, like 20 catches in his career, and he's going on 28 years old? But what happens when you have two or three wide receivers that might get injured, might test positive for COVID? I think a guy like Kumaro, in this type of se- new look of the season, I think he can be more of an impact. If it wasn't a COVID season, I don't think he makes a team, in my opinion. Well, but then you have the Devin Funches news. Yep. And so that would probably be a roster spot. I, I think when you look at the receivers, I have like, I don't know why I'm so optimistic about Equinemius St. Brown, but I am. <laughs> you know, I just, Me too. One of those guys that you have a good feeling about. Mm-hmm. I do think, I don't want to give up on Valdez Scantling. I don't want to do that yet. Same. I'm buying into what Alan Lazard can be. I know he's become a, a quick favorite for a lot of people, so I'm buying in there too. Maybe, maybe you know, but those guys have to hit. And, and that's when you look at the receiver core. It's like like the Brewers pitching all the time. They've got these yeah. young guys who their best potential. This is going to, oh, man, that's going to be an amazing staff. But the probability of them hitting, all hitting, is what you're kind of banking on. So I would have liked to see, I think most people would have, uh, another receiver brought in here. But if Devontae can be a one, if Lazard can be a you know solid two, then you you need one of those other guys to pop, whether that's Kumaro, you know, the the two year guys, whoever. Uh, Kumaro, I I'm just looking at the receivers now. What are they gonna keep? Seven? I think Even if maybe they keep six. six. Well yeah. Kumaro's almost like guaranteed a spot at this point. Yeah, he'll be five punch. or six. Yep. Yeah, I and- I I would expect him to be on there. And I mean, he, I again, when he makes the team, I'm not expecting him to come in and have consistent 100-yard games, but he does have a rapport with Rodgers. They have connected. He's had some big plays, so 
I think in this type of alternative year, he could be that hidden gem for this year. But with, with, with my second question then, you sort of alluded to it in the first half. So if there is a season, full season, going into year two with Coach Lafleur, what's your vibage right now with Coach Lafleur in year two of the Green Bay Packers? I wasn't expecting this to be a hot topic question, but I'm on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I already, <laughs> I already told you I wanted him to be fired um, <laughs> you know, a little bit ago. I just wanted you to say it again for the people in the back that didn't hear. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I understand. I, I understand he's not, he's not going to be fired, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not rooting for Jordan Love era to begin. So if if he lets Rodgers. You know, but some of it's on Rodgers, too. I think one of the reasons I was excited about the LaFleur-Rodgers pairing was Rodgers certainly has things that he needs to not do as much. Right. And you watch some of the old film or even just some of the old, you know, games, and Rodgers is quicker. He's thrown over the yep. middle. You know, he's not he's not uh, taking his time and stalling and, and hoping that a play develops at the end so he's not doing stuff like that but I would hope that there were some quicker rhythm things that Lafleur would bring in that would be a beneficial to Rodgers they did that a little bit so I'd like to see I'd like to see the two styles like take this guy who's a top five quarterback and marry him with a guy who really does want plays to set up other plays and not have things be as mm-hmm. haphazard and if you marry the two mm-hmm. things, I think it can work. But I think where Lafleur is looking at is, who am I going to have a better job running my offense? Is it going to be a guy that I bring in and I mold and he, he's my guy? Or is it going to be a guy who has 15 years of good habits, 15 years of bad habits, and now I have to like teach an old dog new tricks? So that's what, that's why I think that they... I think as soon as Love is ready to run the offense, they are going to try to move on. Salary cap be damned. What? I think they want they want Jordan Love to be the quarterback. But the part of drafting Jordan Love is you almost have to like he's walking a tightrope because Jordan Love's yep. not ready to play right now, and all the scouts will tell you it's going to be maybe a couple of years. So you yep. need Rodgers here. So now you're walking this. I mean, it's really a delicate act. There's just there's no way for it to end well unless Rodgers decides to retire on their terms, and that's such a narrow there's such a narrow chance of that happening that that's another reason this whole Lafleur Gutekunst draft bothered me so much is that well maybe maybe it's shown maybe they had the stones to do it and they don't care but they it's almost like they had no idea of what sort of situation they were gonna bring themselves into. Yeah, they got the guy they wanted, but now there's so many more things that have been created because of that. And it's like they had no they had no plan for it. So I I just think it's it's too it's just an impossible risk. And for what? You know, Jordan Love for him to for this to work, for for the Packers to have a successful pick and a successful draft. I don't think you can just have Jordan Love be a six-year starter, make a couple of Pro Bowls, go to the playoffs a few times. Because of where you drafted him and you traded up, mm-hmm. I think he's he's got to win you a Super Bowl, at least. He's got to win you a Super Bowl. Otherwise, this doesn't work. And I know those that are very pro the Jordan Love pick says, well, imagine if 
the Packers have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back, fifteen years for each. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be great. I mean, right. <laughs> but now that—that's the minimum bar you're putting on Jordan Love, right? Like that's the bar you just set. If, mm-hmm. if that's where you're thinking, so what if what if he's just a seven-year quarterback, makes a couple Pro Bowls? I'll give you that. Goes to an NFC Championship. It's not worth it. It's 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 not worth it to me. I think he's got to win a Super Bowl because of that. So it's an incredibly big risk, and I'd say high risk, high reward, but. This is on Jordan Love, who, you know, it's not like Joe Burrow fell to them. It's it's a guy yeah. that played in a mid-major conference and struggled the year they drafted him. So I, it's just they they I've never had as much confidence in anything as, as they have in Jordan Love. Interesting. I the legacy of Gutekunst and Lafleur definitely falls, or they ride and die with Jordan Love. And 2022 looks like to be the year where they're not financially strapped with that contract. It does look, that's what it seems like in 2022. If love develops, that's when they hand it over and we'll see what happens. But speaking of just this year, where do you see, you said that them being 13 and three, they're probably not a 13 and three team last year. Where do you see them if we go from start to finish, there's an NFL season. uh, Where do you see the Packers faring in year two? Well, when we win lost it right away, I put a few losses on there because of some of their road games, but now if there's not going to be fans, you know, what kind of environment, <laughs> you know, does the Saints yeah, no and those kind of situations Vikings, provide? Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm at nine and seven. Wow. Okay. I'm at nine and seven. Um, I, I would think they win the North. I would bet they win the North or maybe, maybe 10 and six. I think what it comes down to is whoever, has the upper hand in the Packers Vikings series wins the division. One of those one of those teams go nine and seven, the other goes ten and six. Okay. Or maybe nine and seven, eight and eight. But they'll be the top two teams. Uh the Lions, there is some like some optimism for the Lions to be okay. I, I don't know. I need to see <laughs> that. And then the Bears, I think the Bears are a train wreck, so I don't I'm not worried about them. Uh- I think you've got Packers and Vikings nine and seven, ten and six. Did you say like twelve and four last year? Wasn't that your prediction? Yeah, I had them uh, going to the Super Bowl right off the bat. Uh, I mean, did I think that they were going to win the Super Bowl? No, but I was, I was pretty ticked off, and I, I, I felt confident. I thought Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder. I thought Gutekunst couldn't do anything wrong. But with you, the, the Jordan Love pick that. It, it it still hasn't sat well, and uh, you talking about it is definitely a trigger where I'm like, all right, we're definitely going to be talking more about uh, Love and Rogers. So n- now I had them um, at 11 and five when I did the went through went through the schedule. I had them going 11 and five. I just for me, you have uh, the Fab Fours. I call. I mean, say what you will, Billy Turner, but Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, another year two in that. Defense, a lot riding on year three for for Mike Pettin, but Darnell Savage year two, Elton Jenkins year two, Aaron Jones in a contract year. I think the biggest concern for me, it's not even wide receiver, it's that offensive line. You've got a tight knit group, so I would think that maybe I, if there would be an outbreak, if if I can use that word. I would assume that the offensive linemen, just how, how they practice, they're in close proximity. Uh, maybe some people scoff at that, but the injuries, no offseason. 
you're expecting them to shake off the rust and 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 get going. I think that I'm really concerned about that offensive line. If everything goes well, I think they go 11-5, 12-4. But if that offensive line is in shambles because of injuries and they forgot to address that right side of the uh, of the line, I, I could see them struggling a lot, especially with Rodgers and just his pocket presence. But who knows? Maybe he comes with a chip on his shoulder and he's like, I, I, the whole run the table vibes, I'm, that's what I'm getting with Aaron Rodgers. Is, uh, and now with no fans, um, he can essentially control um, the field a lot more, I would think, uh, defenses. So I'm really intrigued to see if this pans out with no fans. Uh, I'm all for it. But I also err on um, more of the optimistic side when it comes to record-wise. Well, also, I didn't uh, finish. I'm going to take every team to finish 8-8 eight and eight because I have no idea what it's going to look like. It's, so I'm assuming in these predictions, like, oh, they got Adams, Jones, Bakhtiari, Rodgers. Yep. Are these guys going to be healthy? Is right. the season going to get moved around? I, I don't know. So I am going to take it. We're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Okay. But in a normal setup, I was thinking about nine, seven, ten, and six for the pack. Awesome. Okay. All right. We'll we'll definitely uh, we'll keep in touch. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what happens with padded practices. And with that, wrapping up the second half and Bart Winkler on tap. Give me a give me a surprise player. You know, last year with Darius Shepard, Al Lazard was my guy. Gutekunst would have made me look like a genius if you actually would have put him on the 53 because I had predicted Lazard on the 53 back in May of 2019. Broke my heart, and luckily he was able to clear waivers. But who's that guy this year? I mean, it's an alternative, very unusual, unprecedented offseason and training camp. But if you could pick a a darling of yours, who would it be? Well, I think think this is a popular one, but I'm high on Jay Sternberger. I think he can have a a good year at tight end. We had him on and, you know, we said, you really haven't had a, like we keep looking for the next Jermichael Finley here. And he says, I am the, you know, he says, I'm going to be that guy. (laughs) So I I think he's got confidence in the ability that he can have as a weapon over the middle in the red zone. So I like him. I I like Rashawn Gary. I think Rashawn Gary is going to be good. I do. I do, and I think I, him being behind Preston Zadarius, it's like, well, you want your first-round pick to play right away, but Rodgers sat behind Favre, and yeah. Rodgers turned out pretty good. I, I think I think Rashawn Gary, as long as they get him on the field, I, I do think he's going to be a very good football player. So I think that you look back at that draft, and you almost forget about Rashawn. But yeah, I, no kidding. I, uh, I would go with him. Jace... What? Jace, I, I feel like a lot of people say Jace, so I'm going to go Rashawn Gary. I love it. And I I liked the pick. I just, for me, I was big on Brian Burns, and he was who I yeah, was. I remember that. But, at the same, but at the same time, I mean, them trading up for Darnell Savage, I remember texting you. Um, I was over the moon with that pick. And I just, I call him the great white shark because it just seems like he can just sniff out blood in the water and it's just, you know, a little twitch and he's gone. And once he harnesses that, I I can't wait. But I I feel like just seeing all these workout videos with Rashawn Gary, you know, that was his big knock coming out was that, oh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't play hard, but he was also injured. He was also double, triple teamed. He absorbed a lot of the attention so he could let other players like Devin Bush and what Chase Winovich play. So I, I love that. 
I wasn't expecting that. But then again, I wasn't expecting any of the answers that that you provided. But that's why uh, I was so eager to have you on. When you talk about Rashawn Gary, I I think with Mike Pettin, with that you know that mentorship from Zadarius and Preston, you allow him to evolve naturally. We'll see what happens. But I, I think you hit it out of the ballpark with. All of the question or the questions that I provided, all the answers. I was excited to see. Okay, what what is Bart gonna respond with? And all of them had me on the edge of my seat. And also, I love the guest episode questions because it's nostalgic. It it, it brings me back. And knowing that uh, you had very similar upbringing, I felt like I was like, man, I feel like you just described what I did on Sundays growing up. So I. I want to thank you once again for coming on third time for the Unknown Packers podcast and looking forward to uh, talking more Packers with you. And with that, I wrap up with a pop quiz question. If you could pick one season of the Green Bay Packers to watch, what would it be? So you already know what happened, but I would come up to you almost men in black style with my device and wipe your memory but right before that, you would say, hey, this is the season that I want to watch. Wipe your memory, and then you would watch that season. What season would you select? I think I've got to – you know, okay, I'm going to go two ways. I'll go with the first year they won the Super Bowl with the Ice Bowl. Oh. I want to see nice. – I want to be able to see – instead of watching the Lombardi Packers on, you know, the highlights we've seen, I want to watch them like we watch the Packers now. I want to see just how dominant they were. You know, I know football's different now, but I want to see, that's what I would like to see. Uh, my other answer would be any season from the 70s when they sucked. Because <laughs> why? <laughs> because I need to know what that was like. <laughs> oh you know, I, we, I've got so many people, every time, I, every time <laughs> we complain about the Packers on the air, Oh, but the 70s and 80s. My God, if I have to hear about the 70s and 80s one more time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, we suck then. I know. I know that. So I, I think it would be a service to me and everyone that listens <laughs> for me to experience that. Because, you know, the Brewers and the Bucks, I've been through the suck years mm-hmm. with everybody. So I can enjoy the good years better. But with the Packers, yeah, we have a year of 4 and 12, but then, you know, they're good the next year. They're six and ten, but they're good the next year. I, I need to experience one of the years of just pure suck where they start like seven quarterbacks in a season. So I'm gonna say one of those years. I can't believe it. Every single answer you provided me, I had no idea what you were gonna do. And you wrapped it up beautifully from start to finish. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to talk Packers with you more moving forward. Tell our listeners where they can tune in and find you across social media. On Twitter at Winks, thanks. Uh, also, Bart Winkler Show, that's the show. Weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Central Time on The Fan, 105.7 FM in Milwaukee, 12.50 a.m. You can also search my name and find it in the radio.com app and uh, on demand. And You can re- listen live and rewind live. And so it's uh, a lot of great features there. So the radio.com app, and for those in... Wisconsin, Milwaukee area, 105.7 FM, 1250 AM. Well, there you have it. Bart Winkler on tap. I'm your host, Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast.
Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.